Hello and welcome to The Softer Side. I'm your Life Transitions Coach, Shelley Carney. Let's design your life. The Softer Side with Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice offers Life Transitions Coaching and interviews with coaches, consultants, and expert entrepreneurs. Join us in our live chat room during our YouTube live streams at thesofterside.live every Wednesday and Friday at 4 o'clock p.m. Mountain. Hello, it's me. I'm back. (laughs) Today's topic is compelling reason. What is your why? What? What is your why? It's your why. Oh, you're going to have to explain that before I give you an answer. Okay. What does it take to succeed? Well, desire, belief, commitment, and resilience. And which one of those is a why? It would be mm, all of them. <laughs> all of them need a why. I have a desire. Why? I believe it. Why? I'm committed to it. Why? I am resilient. Why? The why is the important part. So let's get into desire. And as you see here in the picture, there's a path that splits off in two directions. So that means we have a decision to make. When two desires compete, we have to choose. Do I want health or do I want indulgence? Hmm. Do I want success or do I want to procrastinate? Do I want excitement or do I want comfort? There's a lot of choices to be made when we're thinking about our desires and what is the more important of the two. Instant gratification versus our goals. We never want to let a short-term desire get in the way of our long-term goals. Why? Well, Let's talk about the, uh, the compounding effect, right? So say that your goal is to lose 15 pounds and to be really strong and healthy. If you're not going to work at it every day, it's not going to happen, right? But if you take small little actions every day, today I ate, um, you know, really healthy lunch, really healthy dinner, and I went and I worked out. And I do that every day or at least five days a week. And that compounds, right? That builds up and builds up until you get to that tipping point where now you've lost the weight that you wanted to lose. You're feeling strong and healthy and you can just go into maintenance mode for a while. That uh, short-term desire might be, you know what? I just want to sleep in or I want to do something else or I want to eat a pizza, Uh, you know, And you put your goal off. Every time you give in to that short-term desire, you put that goal off further down the road. And you're not going to get there if you keep putting it off. Change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. What does that mean? It means we're not going to change anything if we're comfortable just the way we are. Until we get to a place where we say, I'm just not happy anymore, not happy doing what I'm doing. I want something different. And being who I am right now is just painful. It's so, so wrong for me that it's painful. 
that's when you're going to make that change. That's when you're going to be pushed and motivated enough to do something about it. You're not talking about physical pain. Probably not, but in some cases, yeah. Hmm. I mean, who was it that was having all kinds of knee pain until he threw out all the sugar in his house? Mm. <laughs> An next-door neighbor. <laughs> so, yeah, it could be physical pain. Okay. Right. It Good could point. be. Good point. Yeah. Or if somebody is having some kind of um, pain because they're not going to the doctor and getting it taken care of. Mm -hmm. Now I know you're not you're not good you're good about going to the doctor when you need to do that. So uh -huh. give you know kudos for that. <laughs> but it could be emotional pain or mental pain or spiritual pain. I gotta I gotta do these things or I'm just unhappy. I'm just depressed. I'm feeling angsty all the time or I'm anxious or I'm fearful. Those kinds of things cause us pain and we can get rid of that. We can release that if we will make those necessary changes to do that. Okay. A comfortable lifestyle. If you have a, a goal, I want to have a more comfortable lifestyle. I want to make a little more money so that I can have a few more things. I want to make some more money so I can, you know, just be more comfortable and travel a little more. And, you know, it's... A comfort thing. It's not uh, getting away from pain. It's moving towards comfort. More comfort. I'm already pretty comfortable. I just want to be a little bit more comfortable. Guess what? That's not going to get you to where you want to be because nobody's purposely going to go through discomfort. When you go for a goal, there's going to be discomfort to get to the comfort right? If that's all that you're after. So it's got to be something driving you through that discomfort of reaching a goal, through that discomfort of experimenting, failing, trying again. It's got to be something so important that you're going to do it. Comfort, comfort, comfortable lifestyle. It's just not going to do that for you because if you're already comfortable, you're not going to want to change. So we got to dig a little deeper to find our why. We're going to find that really compelling reason. What do you want? Um, uh, lose 20 pounds. Lose 20 pounds. Why? Live long and prosper. Okay. You want to live long and prosper. Why? Um, so I can enjoy the pleasures of watching my grandchildren grow up and attend their college graduations. Okay. So you want to enjoy family. Um, and what? friends. In and friends. Family and friends. Because it's emotionally satisfying to have family and friends uh, if you're willing to engage, to stay in contact with them. Mm -hmm. Right? Because some of us, as we get older, have a tendency to move ourselves away from family and friends. And for, for those kinds of people, it tends to be comfortable. I'm not. I'm a social animal mm -hmm. and I like being having family and friends around the hard part of course is that uh, a lot of my family is on the east coast um, and so I have to put an effort into engaging uh, with them and I don't mm -hmm. mind that so engaging with them means you know a couple of times sometimes three or four times a year 
going through the rigors of travel and staying in a hotel and running back and forth in a rental car, et cetera, et cetera. And you want to be healthy enough to do that. You want to be mm-hmm. healthy enough to do that for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know as well as I do that one of our interests is looking for treasure. And if you want to do that, you need to be healthy at my age mm-hmm. uh, because you'll start looking, the, the nature will start finding ways to torture you if you're not healthy. Uh-huh. I just had a conversation with a gentleman who uh, sent me an email and he said, Toby, um, the doctor's about to decide whether to have a pacemaker uh, put in my chest. And he said, I trust you and I've heard your stories about it. Could you please call me? And the conversation, if you don't mind me sharing, because this this applies, right? He came out here uh, last summer uh, with some friends, went up to his search area, which was at about 8,000 feet, Mm -hmm. and literally couldn't breathe. And it was the combination of a weakened heart and the fact that he hadn't exercised. He was, he told me. And he wasn't used to the altitude. Right. So there were all these things, Mm -hmm. Uh, altitude, uh, lack of exercise, uh, he's already had a weakened heart, it seems, and, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you why in just a minute. And uh, the fact that he did no preparation for any of this, right? Right. So, uh, so the first conversation we had was, uh, I asked him those questions. Mm-hmm. You know, how much do you weigh? How much do you exercise? Um, uh, you know, have you ever been diagnosed with heart problems before? Uh, because when somebody can't breathe, if somebody is, if you say, I went for a walk and I lost breath. 80% of the time, that's not a lung issue. Mm. That's a blood transport issue, which is mm. a heart issue. And uh, they had monitored, they put a 48-hour monitor on him, and they were going to use that to make a decision on whether to in, implant the pacemaker. And he, he said, I'm very worried about that kind of surgery. And what he wanted was somebody to calm him down. I, I told him, no, it's an outpatient surgery. Mm-hmm. You will be awake during the uh, surgery. You'll be communicating with the doctors and they with you. It's a very, it's literally outpatient. That's mm-hmm. how simple it is. And, um, and I said, the problem is that, that the pacemaker defibrillator is not going to, what's the matter? I was just checking my mic. Oh, okay. It was not in my view and I was wondering where oh, okay, it went. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, the pacemaker defibrillator will not change the condition of your heart, right? It doesn't do that. It doesn't give you a better heart. It simply either paces it or mm-hmm. if it, if you go into fibrillation, it right. attempts to defibrillate it. You have to make some changes that accomplish that. And mm-hmm. even a weakened heart, you can turn that around. Yeah. You can lose weight. You can, you can start exercising with mm-hmm. some walks. And yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to be short of breath. Now, you also should take, and I... I teased him. I said, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play right. one on YouTube, but take your doctor's advice and tell them what they, what, what, you know, what they find, find out in the 48 thing, and then make some decisions based on that. Mm-hmm. And part of it could be getting away from this comfortable lifestyle yeah. and going up to the mountains, yeah. chasing after treasure once a, um, once a year. Those, those are incompatible. Yeah. Those are literally incompatible to be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, comfortable to the extent you, that you're overweight, that you're, you don't exercise, mm-hmm. that your doctors are putting heart monitors on you and then chase up to the mountains every summer, right. you know, and find out how, uh, you know, and what kind of bad shape you are. So it was an interesting conversation mm-hmm. uh, because I think there were two things. Number one, he needed to hear from someone who was just an average human being and not a doctor mm-hmm. uh, what was going on. And well, he somebody was, who has one that, right. that's been through it. And, and makes he a was difference. comforted by the fact that it was, yeah, I described it as an outpatient. He thought it was major surgery. Yeah. Like they open It does you sound up, scary. They open you up and put the thing inside your heart. They don't right. do any of that. No. That happens. So. No. 
you were done in a couple of hours. Yeah, exactly. In and and drove home. Right. Well, did you, did I you, drove no, you. No, you drove me. <laughs> yeah, I was under the influence. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was this willingness, the desire, or the the recognition that if he wanted, if if he had the objective of going up to the mountains looking for treasure every summer, mm-hmm. he had to make some changes. Yeah. And uh, and he was hoping that installing a. Uh, Pacemaker, you know, implanting a pacemaker was going to change all that. So no, no, no. It's not going to make you no, stronger. It's work. It's That's work. That's right. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this: Is it is the idea of uh, a, you know continuing to have an easier time of getting around and seeing your family and going into the mountains? Is that enough to make you stay on track with this goal? So you and I've had similar conversations, and you know as well as I do, I want to live a long and healthy life. Mm-hmm. I want to live as long and healthy. I know I'm in the late part of my life. I know that death could visit me any day, right? Like any of us. Yeah. Um, but I would like to live as long and as actively as possible. Uh, is there a chance I could end up in the VA hospital's version of the old old? veterans home there is and they'll take care of me if i do but i want to avoid that i I want to not be in that position for as long as i can that means dieting uh exercising getting a reasonable amount of sleep um you know being honest with yourself about where you are and where you need to be and then be willing to put in the effort You, you it doesn't happen magically desire alone is not enough that's right uh, desire has to be followed up with action. Mm-hmm. And the action, it, you know, I was going to mention when you were talking about it, my my impression that two weeks in a life is very important. Because from my experience, it takes two weeks for your body to relieve itself of the effects of sugars and starches. Mm-hmm. That's how long it takes for the, your body to kind of cleanse itself and get rid of the addiction. It takes two weeks before, if you just go walking, if all you do is walk for 30 minutes a day, after two weeks, you will start seeing, feeling changes. Right. You will notice it's like, easier. Yeah. It, well, and it's not just the walking. Mm-hmm. You seem, you gain energy from it and you gain, you know, confidence from it. And there's a lot of other things that happen, but, but it takes, after two weeks, you notice there's something different. Mm-hmm. It also takes two weeks to see the difference between stopping an exercise or diet regimen and the effects. It's just that two-week period, whatever it is, 14 days mm-hmm. is some sort of weird magical number. No, because it's that's true. I've noticed it myself. That, uh, that's how long your body takes to recognize either the improvement mm-hmm. or the lack of improvement, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, uh, but you're not going to achieve any of that without effort. Right. It, it takes effort. And, and I don't want to go back, you know... Uh, one of the pleasures I have in life is, you know, during that time where I haven't seen my daughters and we don't, well, we do FaceTime, but they don't know what I'm doing. So it's always kind of cool to see them and them see like, oh, he's older, but he's not. Falling apart. Yeah, he's not falling <laughs> apart, you know, and they know how much effort I put into my health when they were growing up. And, yeah. You know, triathlons and biathlons and duathlons and all these other things, and so they know that I put effort into it, and they inherited some of that. You know, they they're all workout nuts, and I don't say nuts; they work out because they know it's good. They're conscious of it. Yeah, they're conscious of it, Um, and uh, so it's nice to go back and not feel like. 
they're going to have to take care of me or come out here. And that's one of my objectives is to make sure that because I, I've had I've seen other children who have to go through the effort, you know, my friend Janet, right, who have to go through the effort of caring for their parents in the end. And I, I, that, I'm not trying to be critical of that. Right. I, I think there are some times that you do that. I don't want to have to put my children in that position. I want to get to the point where the option is I can drive over to the VA yeah. and register in, and mm-hmm. they can put me in that nice little community <laughs> of old farts that they have up there, all wearing their Vietnam veterans hats, you know, and we can hang out together. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to let you keep your truck, though. Yeah, I know. So. <laughs> but there'll be a time. I feel like there'll be a time where that would be an option, and until then, I don't want my children to have to worry about that. I don't want them to have to worry about whether or not I have an income or whether I have a, a, a roof over my head or whether I'm getting around the house. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Is there a chance that someday I'm getting around the house on one of those electric things? Yeah, but that's a long way off as long as I can maintain my health. Right. I mean, at, at I'm going to be 71 in what? What's today? Today is the 8th. So I'm going to be 71 in nine days. Yeah. And I feel like at 71, I'm still trucking pretty good, but I think that's based on a basis, that's on the basis of the effort that I put in for the past 50 years, you know, starting with the military. That's right. It's compound effect. Yeah, it really that's is. Right. So, so, and I highly recommend it to everybody else who isn't 71. <laughs> the next step is belief. Belief gives you the power to achieve the extraordinary. And your reality is a reflection of your strongest belief. But it takes practice. Anything that you want to believe, but you don't yet believe, and I'll give you an example. Um, So I'm working with business coaches, and they told me that for the program I'm designing for life coaching, I should be charging a certain amount and not anything below that amount. And I was like, oh, well, that's, that's hard to to grasp charging that amount because that's more than I would have thought. And I don't know if I can actually uh, get people to pay that. And they said to me, you know, you, you just, you just do it. <laughs> you just, just begin to believe it. And as many times as we needed to talk this over, we'll talk it over until you believe it. Belief takes practice, right? You have to be introduced to a new belief. You have to understand that it's a possibility for you. And then you have to adopt that belief by practicing it uh, continuously. And when you begin starting to believe that new belief, you can then let go of the old one that, oh, that's not possible. Oh, it's definitely possible. And I'm going to make it happen. Uh, So those new beliefs just take practice. And then we need to know our reason why. Why are we compelled to commit to something? Uh, decide. We need to decide this is vitally important, such as Toby taking care of his health. It's vitally important, not only to him, but to his entire family, to his friends. It's important that he takes care of his health so that he can be there for us when we need him and he can take care of himself so that nobody else has to do it for him so those are vitally important things to him Um, and then we remove all the other options right so if I have a decision to make uh, am I going to commit to this uh, goal am I going to um, you know 
continue to work on my business and grow as a life coach, or I'm not going to do something else. Well, once I've eliminated all the other options, there is nothing else. I, I have no other thing I'm going to try to do. This is it. I am a life coach. I am focused. I am going to make this happen. There's no other options on the table. It is vitally important to me. And the reasons why are because I love the work. The work is uh, something I have a passion for. I love helping people. I love learning all of the uh, parts of being a life coach and doing the work. That's all my reason why which means I'm going to follow through regardless of any obstacles. So I do a New Year challenge and maybe only a couple of people participate and then nobody uh, does anything with me after that. I don't, that's all right. I'll find another way. I'll keep moving forward because this is what's important to me. And having that focus is so important if you're actually going to uh, commit to a goal and achieve it. So, and they're not obstacles. No, very few, uh, a, a small percentages are, uh, of businesses are successful right from the start. It takes effort. And, and depending on the various niches that you can be in, the various ages you start, et cetera, et cetera, you are going to have days where you feel like nobody cares. And th- that nobody cares feeling mm-hmm. is what stops most people from mm-hmm. continuing. Uh, and the reality is I, I am constantly reminded by the story uh, that you told me uh, at least a year ago, maybe longer. You remember a story from that long yeah, ago? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, maybe because you repeated it often oh, enough. Okay. But it was the woman who had live streamed for four months or something yeah. like that with no, no, no viewers, response, no viewers, no thing. And then finally got her first and then started growing. Every day for four months, she went and sat in front of that camera and went at it, knowing that there was not going to be anybody in the, in the room chatting, nobody watching, nobody asking questions. But she didn't let that become an obstacle. She let that become a, an overcomable challenge mm-hmm. by just keep doing it. Yeah. And just doing it sometimes is enough to claim success. Just keep swimming. Yeah, exactly. That's right. The last thing on our list for success was resilience. Resilience is what keeps us moving forward when uh, we have a challenge, an obstacle, something that's telling us I should just quit. Uh, Resilience helps us to find a new path around obstacles. I'm not figuring this out. This is in my way. Let me go around it. Let me try something else. Let me go a different path. You know, maybe my channel isn't growing with what I'm doing. So let me try doing interviews on Fridays. Let me try uh, daily shows. Let me try something different, something new until something clicks and does work. Finding that new path is where is what resilience does for us. It also helps us to recover from difficulties. Uh, so maybe we're growing our uh, AGK membership and then we have people drop out or we have people who uh, don't pay or we have difficulties with getting the payment to work correctly with them or they're having trouble with signing in or whatever it is. There's these difficulties. Well, we have resilience. We want this to work 
badly enough that we're going to overcome those difficulties. We're going to uh, work with these people until we get it right, until everybody's happy. And that's resilience. Uh, resilience is driven by our commitment. We want something badly enough. We're going to keep going at it and going at it until we get there. And it creates confidence. Look at this little cutie um, hanging onto the stool. She's learning to walk. Do you think she's going to give up and say, forget it, I'm just going to ride in a stroller my whole life? Or do you think she's going to work at it until she learns to walk? Because mommy and daddy can walk, brother and sister can walk, so I'm going to walk, obviously. She's going to learn to walk, and she's going to do it through resilience. Every time she falls down, she's going to get back up again. If she can't walk there, she'll crawl there. She'll get there right? Until she does learn to walk. And it takes a lot of effort to learn to walk because our legs aren't strong enough. When we're that age, our legs aren't quite strong enough. So what do we have to do? Get up and down a whole lot. And when we've gotten up and down enough times, suddenly our legs are strong enough to be able to walk. It's that compound effort that grows the muscles in our legs, gives us the balance, and we can begin to walk. Isn't she cute? Mm, she's cute. <laughs> Another thing we have to do to get there is to refuse instant gratification. Again, this is that uh, giving into a short-term desire uh, and putting off our long-term goals. So and when we refuse instant gratification, we need to, to understand and learn how to manage our urges, right? I want to lose 15 pounds, but gosh, that donut looks so good. Hmm. Which one's more important? Well, I have an urge to eat that donut. I really do. Look how good that is. It's got chocolate on it and nuts and oh, it looks so yummy. And then it's right there. I'm just going to grab it and eat it. Well, recognize first that that is, that's not in my, that's not going to get me to my goal. And, you know, I do, I do think that that donut looks really good and it smells really good and it would probably taste pretty good. But I know exactly how I would feel a minute after I finished eating it. I would feel guilty. I would feel regretful. And then I'm going to start getting the sugar shakes and, and I hate how that feels. So I'm not going to give into it. So that's an urge management. And urge management advances your strength and your evolution. Every time you do it, every time you don't give in to an urge, you get stronger. The next time that urge comes around, you're like, I don't need that donut. Gross. <laughs> um, and it also means you're committing to the result. I don't want that donut because I have a goal to lose 15 pounds and that's not going to get me there. So no. Don't quit. Find another way. Use failure to build up your resilience, your commitment, and your confidence. Failure, meaning I tried this and it didn't work. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to try something else because I'm committed to the result. And every time you use that resilience, your commitment gets stronger and deeper. Today, this morning, I had a video where I showed a picture of a pregnant woman. That's true commitment, right? When you decide to have children, that is a huge commitment. You're giving up the full and autonomous use of your own body for a while because you're carrying a child within you and then when the child is born you're going to be nursing the child most likely or at least carrying that child around with you and spending a whole lot of your life with that child taking care of that child 
huge, huge commitment. And yet parents, people become parents every day and they don't think a whole lot about, oh, this is a huge commitment and a huge change in my life. They just, they just have kids and then they just deal with it. <laughs> um, but what does it do to a person to become a parent? It makes you into a whole new person, right? It makes you a more responsible person, a more mature person, a more confident person, and it gives you such a commitment to life. What? <laughs> I'm picking up a clicking note. Just keep oh. Okay, it gives you such a commitment to life. Now imagine that um, you have a child and that child uh, will not be fed or have shelter or be taken care of in any way if you don't meet your goal. So what does that do to you? Does that give you a lot of immediacy? Does that put, put a fire under you to achieve that goal? So what can you find that is that degree of commitment, that degree of importance to you as a reason to finish your goal. Because our level of commitment is going to get us to our goal and it's going to determine how much resilience we have. Here's my recommendations. Decide what you want and why you want it. Believe in your ability to achieve your goals. Commit to the process, experiment, and try again if it doesn't work. Do a different experiment, science, <laughs> and then get support. Great way to find support is our is coaching, right? Gain clarity and confidence and get the support you need to find clarity, set your goals and achieve your desires and learn the best way to enjoy the transitional journey as you reach your dreams. You can join. We right now, we have a new year challenge going on right now. You can sign up still. There's you know, it's open enrollment. You can still sign up and it's free in the in the description box below. You can sign up there to crush your goals in 2020. We started on Monday. We have a daily video at 9 a.m. There's all kinds of great content available uh, that helps you to really focus and in dial in on your goals. Today in the member vault, we released a, um, uh, a why worksheet helping you understand why you want the goals that you've chosen and uh, it's a great thing to work through we had a, a setting your personal goals workbook um, yesterday so get in there take a look at all those great materials and those videos as well we have a lot of great valuable resources as i just said start with your free workbook and uh, you have you know once it's yours, it's yours. You have as long as you want to fill it out, or you can give yourself a deadline. And then there's the understanding our goals, which is understanding why you want something. All right, we're going to open up the phone line at 202-815-1171. And uh, here's a great question for you if you want to write your answer in the chat room. What is the compelling reason that keeps you committed to your goal? <clears throat> what keeps you on track when you feel like giving up? And uh, let's go ahead and see who's in the chat room and open up to the full screen. 
There we go. So uh, Heather Dawn is in the room. Along hey, Heather with Holly, Dawn. Uh, one of our moderators, Lucy Hotnet, who we haven't seen in a while. Mm. Uh, hey, Lucy. And uh, Steve Klein. There are a couple of other folks in the chat room that aren't chatting. So. All right. Well, it's glad I'm glad to have you all here. And in the Facebook room, we have Angela Spanbauer, Eddie Goidia. Hi, Eddie. Uh, Aaron Mastriani and Ali Nenga. She's got a difficult name to pronounce without tripping over my tongue. Ali. Um, Ali A L L Y or it's A L I. Ali. I've met her in person, so I know her name is Ali. Oh, okay. Um, uh, let them know that if they type something in the chat, we can actually see that here. Yeah. So if you're in the see. Facebook room and you want to chat, go ahead and type it in there. We've got our, we've got our chat up so we can see it. I'm going to wave at everybody while I'm looking at them. Uh, so the phone line is open. Do we have any questions in the chat room? Uh, no, there weren't any. Uh, let me see. Let's see. I thought, um, I thought Heather Dawn had asked us something. Um, what is my why? What is Heather your Dawn? why? What is your why, Heather Dawn? Um, what is your goal, first of all? If you have a goal, um, a life purpose, a goal, then we can work from there as to why you want that. Excuse me. Hold still, hold still. Turn your head back. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm trying to figure out where the pop is coming oh. from. Oh. It's not a pop. Uh, I think it's your, there's, uh, the, there's something on the headset. I'll, I'll check it later. All right. Toby's <laughs> beating up on my headset. No. So um, let's talk about goals and the compelling reasons for our goals. Uh, we talked about weight loss. Weight loss is pretty much one of the goals of most people, and especially most people in America, I think, uh, to, to lose that last few pounds or to lose a whole bunch of weight. And we have to have a really strong, compelling reason. Because we live in an environment where food is constantly available and constantly uh, not as nutritious as it could be. Uh, we have fast food on every corner. Um, we have, uh, you know, the convenience store with all the sodas and snacks. And it's so easy uh, to eat all the time. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, but my cupboards and refrigerator are almost always full. And I was raised that way as well, that there's always plenty of food. Uh, we're never going to have to go hungry. So if we choose not to eat, it is going to need a compelling reason because tummy hungry need to eat now <laughs> i see on the tv food i go eat now <laughs> it's very uh neanderthal it is yeah. it is and our in our that's how our biology mm -hmm. has Almost has evolved is you see food you eat food right. cause you because never you never know, know when, you're, when right. you're not going to see food again right. <laughs> that is uh, that is the prehistoric nature but it's not true anymore yeah. and our uh, bodies and our biology has not caught up to the reality of our situation because it's only been this way for mm, i don't know maybe a hundred years or so a couple hundred years where Wait. food is so easy to get for every uh, bit, for almost everybody. The transition from the agrarian society after 2,000 years to the industrial society made it 
you could acquire it, right? You didn't have to grow it. Prior yeah. to that time, it was right. necessary. You paid the price of you having to, have to, to hunt it or grow yeah, it. You had to hunt and gather, or mm-hmm. you had to grow. And then as the industrial society evolved, you could just get a job, and then somebody else would, you know, find a grocery store, and you could go to the grocery store or the equivalent market, you know, and uh, buy the food. So and there was always enough food that even if you didn't have a job or couldn't get a job because the jobs just weren't there, there was still a way to get food, you know, some church or Red Cross or somebody was giving out food. There, there, is, there is a way. Uh, there are families, though. I mean, uh, you know, kids going to bed hungry or going to school hungry is a big problem. Uh, that is one of those problems that tends to be, that is easy to ignore, especially if you don't live in one of those communities where it's a lot of people like that. Uh, but it is a challenge for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, there are still, you know, Statistically speaking, one-third of a population is categorized as poor mm-hmm. based on their income. And if they're poor based on their income, then they are poor nutritionally. They are poor in terms of uh, physical access to physical, you know, it's it's out there. Uh, and we're not quite aware of it. Uh, it is out there. And there are. it's a systemic problem, of course. And it's very complicated. And yet, at the same time, there are a lot of programs. Free yeah. school lunches. Right. There's uh, even summer lunch program. Um, there are uh, programs available for those people who are willing to really, you know, search for it, mm-hmm. uh, ask for that help, you know, reach out for that Another issue that we have to deal with is uh, what I call generation generational influence. So if you grew up poor and not eating healthily and you had children, they start adopting that genetically, right? There's a component. It's really environment, but they just accept, oh, well, that's how it is. And then mm-hmm. they have children, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to break like all of those generationally influenced challenges in our society somebody has to break out somebody has to say i'm not going to let being hungry going to bed hungry be a problem i'll take the free school lunch mm-hmm. uh and uh and i'll go to the ymca for exercise uh there's got to be a point at which someone has to break out of that right um and uh move forward with it uh, because there is one other thing about the United States, and that is there is opportunity mm-hmm. uh, if you're willing to pursue it but well and I think American people well, I would say all English-speaking people. I don't know every culture, but uh, there was that homeless man in the park, and he was a young man, and the neighbors found out about him, and they found out he was homeless. He was trying really hard to find work, to find a place to live, to find shelter. Oh, he was living in his car. And I remember he, that story. And he, he was living in his car, and his car got towed, so yeah. he had nothing. So yeah. he lived in the park. So when all the neighbors found out... He's not a drug addict. He's not right. dangerous. He's just down on his luck. They all got together and helped him. Yeah. Because we appreciate when people are trying, right. you know. Uh, I think that it's a very American trait yeah. to see when, when someone's trying to, yeah. to uh, help them. Uh, and uh, since we can, we should. That's right. You know. That's uh, right. And uh, I think you could ask anybody, um, you know, and we do this all the time, right? We, we present people are having a really difficult time Mm -hmm. and you know they're trying really hard Mm -hmm. and they're not drug addicts and they're Mm -hmm. not doing you know anything wrong they're trying it's just not working for Mm -hmm. them and they need a little help people are always coming forward and helping Uh, and 
I think that's a good way for people to say, uh, I'm, you know, there but for the grace of God go I. It's probably not true, but you do have that sensation. You're not in that situation. And I think the universe is like that as well. When we try, when we make that effort, when we're trying to better ourselves, have better lives, and we're doing everything we know how, the universe is going to present us with new opportunities and new ways to get there. So it's the important part is that trying, is that constantly working at it. Try again. Don't give up. Uh, something's going to come along and help you forward. Jim Siri says, Grubhub is on my speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Again, the food. Uh, the food is everywhere. So um, we didn't get any calls today, no, and that's good. okay. But uh, I think we had a fun conversation, and uh, we have some great people in the room <laughs> who are uh, commenting, making comments. Again, I am offering a New Year challenge. It's every morning I have a live video at 9 a.m., and I'm talking about our goals for the year and how to reach our goals. And uh we're going to continue to work through that up through the 18th of January. That's my last 9 a.m. And then we'll have uh, 5 o'clock in the evening on Sunday the 19th. We're going to have a webinar and we're going to uh, discuss all the things that we've done throughout the past two weeks and how we're going to move forward towards reaching our goals. So I do hope that you will get signed up for that. Again, the link is in the description box below this video. What's Lucy say? My nephew spent a week with us for a week at Christmas. The child will not eat anything but fast food. Would not eat anything I cooked. Oh. <laughs> Jim Siri, thank you. Yes, it is a nice necklace. Thank you again. Is that the one that he gave you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought of you when I put it on, too. Um. Yes, Lucy, I agree. And you know what um, I learned is that we all carry about 60 meals uh, 60 lunches on us, right? Sometimes we just dine in and that's okay. Uh, we're not going to starve. <laughs> Americans are pretty much not going to starve. <laughs> Most yeah. Americans are not going to starve. Yeah. So if he won't eat the food you cooked, he's not really hungry. It's just like the toddlers. When they start playing with their food and throwing it around, they're done. Time for the meal to be over. <laughs> so don't worry about it. They'll eat when they're hungry. You know, I'm always surprised when I see the girls feed the grandchildren. They feed them really small portions. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I, I'm always kind of surprised, like, it's just a few things. You know, yeah. It's a little piece of this and a little piece of that. And I'm always surprised. And uh, so the last time I was with Ryan, I said, you know, I, I noticed that you feed them these small portions and that they eat. Yeah. And even sometimes they leave behind. And she said, I don't want them to get fat, Dad. You know, like, that's her strategy. She's not under their, their healthy-looking well, she children. doesn't force them to eat. That's right. good. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they do eat when they're hungry. And if right. they came to her and they said, I'm really hungry, and they, she gave she, them yeah. a yeah. piece of chicken or a piece of apple, yeah. and they eat it, then she knows, yeah, they are hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And she, if it's not candy and I'm going to throw a fit, yeah. then they're not hungry. <laughs> they, do, they do have their Friday nights at Whole Foods where they get stuff, or they have a little place that they go to that plays music, and they eat pizza, and they do that. Uh, but... Uh, 
but it isn't every like uh, yeah. Lucy says her nephew that eats fast food, and she mentions it's really expensive. You know? It is. It is. So, and my kids were doing that too. Uh, when they first became a couple, they would go out a lot and spend their money, and we kept telling them, "There's groceries. Uh, you got to do is put it together, and make a meal. There's even leftovers. All you got to do is heat up." But it was the activity itself, the the going out for the pizza, or the having them, you know the dinner at the theater or whatever it is. It was the uh, excitement of that. But now that they're living on their own, um, things are changing. Mm. <laughs> There's less money for going out. So yeah. they are eating more. Well, it was interesting because uh, I cook for us. When Shelly's over, I cook for us. And I usually make my own meals. It's rare that I go out, uh, that I go by. And, and yesterday I was coming back from, uh, I went to the movies with a friend. And I was late for our 7 o'clock program with our member vault. And so I stopped at a, I forgot the name. Fast food place. Fast food place. I forgot the name. Jack's. And I got their hamburger, you know, their combo. And I couldn't finish it. It just tasted so bad. It, It wasn't that it was, I mean, I suppose it was not the healthiest thing in the world. But it had no flavor. It had nothing going for it. And it was like their... You know, like they had done everything possible. To I've been, make I've been, I've been changing Toby's cha- taste buds yeah. with, uh, with healthy foods. With healthy food. <laughs> Leftovers is a four-letter word. Jim, Jim Suri says the fridge in my motorhome just died, so it's mostly Grubhub. Oh, okay, I guess that's you know, but restaurants are getting the idea as we speak with our dollars that we want healthy foods, we want vegetables, we want salads, we want options we want vegetarian options uh you know they they started doing the uh, impossible burgers at a lot of the fast food places because um they you know their their uh, clientele was declining because you are in an area where everybody shops at trader joe's or whole foods or you know uh they eat at home because they can eat a healthy meal um or they're vegetarians and so they they realized this and started bringing in new menu items, you know. Uh, the grocery stores, um, they started having bigger and bigger health food type sections where you have a lot more um, ve- vegan options and uh, you have, you know, healthier snack foods than, you know, they don't have so many of the the grains and the oils that people are either allergic to or just not eating anymore because it causes inflammation. So, we speak with our dollars when we make those good choices. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to get into? Mm, no. I, I feel motivated. You feel motivated? Oh, uh, you used resilience. I've always used adaptability. Mm-hmm. But that's because I come from that business uh, world where adaptability was, or agility, that was the other one. It's mm-hmm. very much like that the agility necessary to handle whatever obstacle is and not necessarily fight it doesn't do you well, a Well, I picture agility as you're running and you're jumping over things and you're going 100 miles a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I picture resilience is that toddler, I fell down, I'm mm-hmm. going to get up again. I'm going to get back up again. You yeah. know, they're a little little more um, elastic. So, I, and the other thing that I had <laughs> is I, I kept... As you were talking, I was going like, I haven't experienced this. I I don't have these, you know. And I realized, no, no, I do have them, but I'm so uh, used to uh, making them a part of the process 
failure as being part of the process and overcoming failures being part of the process. After a while, you don't see it in that negative light. You just see it as, oh, Okay. That didn't work. Let's try yeah, something different. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So the or it more wasn't you, giving you the result that you had wanted. The more that you do it, the less it becomes a, a problem. It, it becomes an issue. It just becomes part of the process. Yeah. You become more creative. Yeah. It yeah. forces you to be more right. creative. It's like, okay, we're not getting any more um, clients. What can we do that's different right. that might might address that, might bring them in and uh, change that factor. So just be creative. How about we try this? Be creative. How about we try this? Okay, let's try that. We do that a lot. We good? We're good. We're good. Thanks, everybody, for being here today for all your uh, chat room friendliness. I appreciate that. And uh, make sure that you share the New Year Challenge with your friends and family. Let them know about it. It's completely free and what an excellent way to start the new year uh, off right. So thanks for checking that out. And for the softer side, I am your Life Transitions Coach, Shelley Carney. Thank you for listening to the Softer Side Podcast with Life Coaches Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Schedule coaching or interviews with us by email at thesofterside.info at gmail.com and get your free Life by Design tips, downloads, and mini-courses by visiting our member vault at 